to the Word of God with me today. We want to talk about knowing, not guessing or speculating, but knowing God's plan for your life. I would like for us to start today in Romans chapter 12. We'll begin in verse 1. Let's open today with prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for this is the day that you have made, and we, we're going to be glad and rejoice in you in this wonderful day. We thank you that your word is a lamp unto our feet, a light unto our path. We follow your teachings, O oh God. We reverence your word. So, Father, let the light shine bright today in Jesus' name. And around the world, we say, Amen. Now, Romans chapter 12, verse 1 the Apostle Paul said, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Verse 2, and do not be conformed to this world. So what is the conformity of the world? We're told, don't be conformed to this world. So what is the world, in a sense, really conform to. I believe you could boil it down to what the Apostle John said. And of course, John said this when he was an elder, when he was an old man. This was the same John that leaned on the Lord's chest and uh, would talk to the Lord and ask questions such as, who is the one who is going to betray you? And so now John is an old man, and John talked about the world, the world system, being that primarily of the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the boastful pride of life. As one translation says, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the arrogant pride of one's carnal lifestyle. So that's really what Paul is saying, don't be conformed to those things of the world. Of course, John was saying that as well. But Paul here making special emphasis, don't be conformed to the world. Really, that's what a lot of it is. It's the lust of what your flesh feels and wants to go after that would not be in agreement with God's word. It's the lust of the eyes, even things that God says are out of bound. It's the lust of uh, just all, and remember, lust is not just sexual. I think sometimes when the word lust is used, people think uh, sexuality, things that would be forbidden, such as sex outside of marriage and things along those lines. But lust, in a sense, is just a craving for something that God says no to that's out of bounds. Praise the Lord. So it could be lust for food. It could be lust for power. It could be lust for attention. It could be lust for money. And on and on it goes. So do not be conformed to this world. That's not talking about the geographical planet. It's talking about the world system and the fallen nature of the sin nature within this planet. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The word transform in the Greek is the word metamorpho, same word that is used to bring over into the English language, uh, a word that you might know a little better, metamorphosis, okay? Uh, we talk about the butterfly and the different stages that it goes through from, uh, you know, little worm, caterpillar, to eventually uh, this thing that goes through almost like a rebirth process of popping out into this beautiful creature that can fly with beautiful colors on its wings. Your mind can go through that same process, a mind of 
darkened thinking, of lowly worm-like thinking, of dwelling on things that are base, that are crude, that are levels of darkness. I'd call it basement stuff, okay? And so you need to get out of the basement and get up high. Praise God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. The transforming of the mind, the metamorphosis of your mind, just like the caterpillar. Praise God. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The renewing. The word renewing can also refer to renovate. It really is the same Greek word in the original Greek New Testament language uh, as what we would use in our English, uh, English language to renovate a house. I think that's why a lot of people like to renovate because you can take something, maybe this, maybe the frame is, is good, but you're, you're going to have to upgrade electrical, strip out the old plumbing. You may have some rot here and there, deal with these issues. Uh, but what you can do is you can renovate a house that may be a hundred years old, but by the time you're done renovating, Hey, it's, it's ready for the next 200 years because you've got it so prepared and really made it something brand new. Praise God. Glory to God. It's very exciting. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Just think you can do that with your mind. You can completely alter the way you think you can change what you used to like and change it to something today that God gives you thumbs up on and says, you can like this all you want. You, you can change, you can you can change your entire thought processes to make God happy. And of course, to make you happy. Woo. The highest level of living is living in alignment with God's word. There, there is no higher level of living. Do not be conformed to this world. I remember the old beer commercial. I guess maybe it was back in the late 70s, uh, you know, because me and my parents, we'd watch TV and my brothers were all sitting around watching TV and this beer commercial would come on and show these men all sitting around a campfire and they've got, they got a, a certain brand of beer in their hand and I guess they're barbecuing their food and it's all guys, you know, I guess the men left their, left their wives and all the guys have gotten together and you know, I'm, I'm sure they're sitting around the campfire telling dirty jokes, laughing, and they're drinking their beer. And one of the men, you know, of course, with the cameras rolling, recording the commercial, one of the men says, men, it just doesn't get any better than this. Well, that's total baloney. Um, really, if you want to find out the happiest way of living, walk close to God. <laughs> <laughs> you'll find out this other stuff is a total lie that what the world says makes you happy. Uh, there's no life in it. Oh, th- there can be some feel good. I'm not denying that there, there can be some carnal laughter, but I'm talking about going even beyond happiness and in, into a place because being drunk can make you happy. It, it, robbing a bank can make you happy because you're, you're, you're driving off millions of dollars you know, of course, you're going to experience sowing and reaping, and eventually the law does catch up. But you could you could have some happiness spending the money before you get caught, or whatever it might be. But if you want to go into something that's supernatural, go with God because He'll take you over into joy, and you can be happy and full of joy uh, anywhere, any place, 
and it doesn't make any sense. You would think the, the weather's miserable. Well, you've got God living on the inside of you. You're walking close with God and you're just happy regardless. You're, you're, you're unfazed by all these things in the world. And you really begin to see the mirage, the illusions of the world that say, let us set your way of thinking. Let us conform you. Let us, let us program you the way we want you to think and act and behave and view certain things. Praise God. It's good to be free from the lies, the conforming false powers of the world. That stuff's all going to pass away. One day it'll all be thrown in the trash can. Aren't you glad? All the lies, all the hypocrisy, all, all the stuff spewed out on fake news. And th- there is a lot of fake news. I know what Mr. Trump is saying. He, he's right. There are things the media puts out. They know it's wrong. It's, a, it's just a false narrative, a lie. They don't care. If people believe it. They don't, they don't care. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You know what? You know what rock stars are? They're the the antithesis of the gospel preacher. You know the devil has his preachers. <laughs> just like the Lord has his preachers, the devil has his preachers. And some of them are not just rock stars. Some of them are movie stars. Some of some of them are talk show hosts and they are empowered by the enemy because they're doing the enemy's work praise the Lord. That's okay. God's got his voice and we are proclaiming the gospel and there are people being saved left and right. And I believe by the time the final count is done, I really do believe that God's team is going to beat the devil and there's going to be more people in heaven than there will be in hell. I really do believe that. I believe the greatest harvest, the greatest salvations of all are yet to come because the world population has grown a lot. You know, you go back 200 years in time, uh, it, it was it's just a fraction of the people on the planet compared to what it is today. Woo! God's going to pull in a great harvest, and we're going to be a part of that. Hallelujah. A greater glory. Praise God. A greater happiness, a greater joy. Living for the Lord. Hallelujah. Our minds being transformed that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I think everybody wants to know God's will for their life. I know in a sense that as you read the word of God, meditate on the word of God, there is a renewing of your mind. It even affects your brain. When I'm talking about your mind, I'm not talking about your brain. Your mind is your thought life, but your thought life can can change and alter even your organic brain. They, they've proven that. They used to not think it was possible. Now they know beyond the shadow of a doubt that you absolutely can alter your physical brain through your mind, your thought life. Praise the Lord. So what you think affects your body, affects your physical brain, affects your outlook in life. Hallelujah. Glory to the Lord. And allows you to also discern the, the will and plan that God has for your life. You can prove what is that good and acceptable, perfect will of God, God's will, God's plan for your life. You can prove it. The renewing of your mind. I know that reading scripture, reading scripture, uh, even preferably out loud, meditating on it and digesting that, you know, so that you understand it, it, it begins to renew your mind because maybe you're a type of person that even if you grew up in church, maybe you saw every movie that came out under the sun. You saw PG-13 movies. You saw R-rated movies. You've got a, you've got a lot of stuff in you that has affected your way of thinking. Horror movies and uh, 
uh, rock music, acid music, rap music, all the uh, every uh blasphemous curse word and profanity under the sun. Maybe you took all of that stuff in for decades and years and it, uh, it affects your thinking. Absolutely. So you begin to go to work on it and you realize I've got a really like old rundown house. I've got to, I've got to renovate. I've got to renovate my mind. As you begin to renovate your mind, meditating on the word, you really begin to understand God's plan for your life. You begin to see that it's good, far better than anything that the world could offer you. The de- When I'm talking about the world, I'm talking about the devil, the, the powers of darkness could offer you and you want to go after the Lord and his plan. So there, there is the reading, the meditating on scriptures. There's also prayer. And I think this hasn't, hasn't been taught very much. When we talk about renewing the mind, we, oft, we often talk about it only from the aspect of reading the Bible, meditating on scriptures, thus discovering, you know, what the covenant says, what, what the plan says, the roadmap says for your life. But also prayer, oh my goodness, prayer is incredible in the area of renewing and renovating your thought life. Because you can have, you can have certain thoughts dominate you, trouble you. And uh, even even torment you. There's some people they can't sleep properly. They lay lose weight. They get sick. They have uh, acid reflux. All kinds of uh, uh, tumors and problems because of trouble. And the trouble is in their thought life, and they can't get their thoughts under control. That's running wild. Well, you can get it under control by the power of the Holy Spirit, and your prayer life is extremely important in this because you can have troubling thoughts. You can, you can say, Hey Lord, I realize that this, this one track that my mind likes to drift on, I, I know it's not good. Help me. You get over in prayer. And uh, I mean, I'm telling you, you can see transformation in three days. That's something no psychiatrist on this planet can do. I, I don't care if you sit on the blue couch for three hours uh, each time there's this it can't even touch and come close to what happens when you begin to pray you go over in prayer and three days three just three days later you're already like I feel so far away from that way of thinking now I know I'm still getting stronger still breaking away from it but already I feel like I'm I'm so far from that that I don't even think I'm the same person anymore it's because you're not you're being transformed hallelujah you're getting your wings you're coming out of your shell (laughs) oh it's powerful prayer is is very very vital in the transforming of your mind the renewing of your mind of course the more that you you renew it the easier it is to discern the good and, and you know that perfect plan that God has for your life you just begin to say okay this is it this is not it this is it you begin to feel it out and you begin to get very very comfortable with it praise the Lord that good acceptable perfect plan that God has for you very quickly go with me to Colossians chapter 1 and let me show you how this works by the way let me also show you while we're here what happens to be my favorite prayer in the Bible There we go. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, and Colossians. Praise God. Hallelujah. Colossians chapter 1. We're talking about knowing, not guessing. I mean even proving. You can prove it. Knowing God's plan for your life. Colossians chapter 1 verse 9. For this reason we also since today we heard it do not cease to pray. 
Okay, so prayer is involved in what we're talking about here. Do not cease to pray. Well, that's that's pretty active prayer. That's not like, hey, I'm thinking about you just once a month. No, that's that's pretty often that he's praying for them. Do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. So for your life, I think there is a plan daily. God's got a daily plan for your life. As you pray, your mind gets renewed. You begin to tap into that daily plan. Now, you know, you start praying at three o'clock in the afternoon. You do realize most of the day's gone. Of course, unless you work the night shift and you didn't go to bed until seven, we understand your, your case. But for most people from a working in the day type perspective, you know, three o'clock in the day, most of your day's already gone. So you want to get up early and pray, get the understanding of what God has for you on that day, because he'll give you a daily overview. You'll be ready for it. You might not know everything that's coming. I mean, from a natural perspective, you can look on your calendar and say, okay, I go into work at nine and uh, you know, I've got a lunch appointment or whatever the case might be, but you'll be ready. You'll be prepared and you have a good feel for what is coming that day. It's the same way with the month, even with the year, you can get the feel of what God is wanting to highlight for the year, what he wants to do, what he wants you to accomplish. You're going to get a good sense of that. You begin to pray into it because, because you can be filled with the knowledge of his will, his will for your life in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. I mean, you, you understand spiritually what God's up to and what he wants to do in your life. So you agree with that, you pray into that, and then you have an overall perspective, a higher up Eagle type view where you see not just the day, not even the month or the the yearly plan. You see what God's up to as far as your identity. You know who you are. You know what God has put in you. You're constantly developing that, exercising those gifts. And you know what God's up to with your life. And so you're busy about that. You're not over here on rabbit trails, going down journeys and adventures that, that lead to nowhere, that waste your time and are things that you're not supposed to be involved in. So you stay on task, you stay on assignment, and you don't deviate, you don't move off that. So you're very, very effective with what God has called you to do. Well, Pastor Stephen, that sounds like I, what I want to get plugged into. Well, then you need to start praying more. Praise God. We do live in the nation where there's a lot of teaching on prayer. It's just there's not a whole lot of praying going on. And a, a, a study was done. It's been over a decade now, but I don't think much has changed. The study was done on American pastors. Uh, it was a, a blind study. In, in other words, it's not going to be revealed to the, uh, uh, your information being submitted uh, personally will not be revealed. And, you, you know, you don't know what the others are doing. So let's just gather the data and see what the results showed. How much does the average American full-time pastor pray in America? How much how long does your average pastor pray each day in America? 14 minutes. And that, that was pulled from thousands of pastors. How long do you pray every day? Be honest. We're not going to reveal who you are. Just tell us how much do you pray? And submissions came in accurately. The average pastor in America prays 14 minutes a day. Oh, if you're curious as to why, so little manifestation of the gifts of the spirit are in operation in your church. You may want to look at that statistic. (laughs) Oh, praise the Lord, because what you put in is actually what you're going to get out of it. And you can, you can pray for 14 minutes a day and you can pastor a church of a couple thousand people. 
because you just get really good at administrating. You don't even have to really dig up a message. You can just get a canned message, go online, and you've gotten good at uh, giving oratorical talks. You can go out there and do a good job, have a good administrative team, and just counsel people, uh, you know, kind of do the thing, and, and the machine keeps on moving. But you cannot have the strong moving of the Spirit without paying the price praise the Lord. And so you could even have a, you could have a very strong soulish type development, or you can have a spiritual development that changes people. Because if you don't have the power of the, uh, of the Holy Spirit, you can preach good messages. You can have uh, nice church meetings. You can pack the place out and the people come in and they leave exactly the same way. They're not, they're not changed. And uh, then you, you know, you do that for decades. You're wondering, Hmm, I wonder what's up. Well, what's up is that, if you want God to touch people, you really have to go after the Lord and you're going to have to pray. And you, you know, there's, there's things at work. There's other things that are just like, um, they're minors. You don't ever want to major on a minor, or you're going to end up with something that you're not going to be happy with. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. God's in the business of changing people's lives setting them free, setting people free, taking people and conforming them into his image, into his image. That is the job of the ministers to, to minister the word of God in the life of the spirit to people so that the people are conformed into the image of Christ. You just get more and more like Jesus. Hallelujah. And then others begin to see Christ in you. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Well, my friends, if you pray, if you will do that, you will begin to be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. It just comes and you begin to understand the overall plan that God has for your life. The, the yearly focus, the, the daily uh, anointing, and you just begin to flow in that. And as long as you keep praying, the train keeps going down the tracks. If you, if you stop praying, that train will still keep rolling because you've generated momentum, but eventually it will come to a stop. Doesn't have to just keep on praying, keep on praying, stay strong in the spirit, stay strong in the spirit. And you're going to also make tremendous progress with the renewing of your mind. The renewing of the mind can be accomplished through reading good books, uh, particularly the word of God, but also inspirational testimonies of people who overcame impossible odds. And that really, that really will uh, put character in you. Hallelujah. So the more you work at it, the better results you'll see. But prayer, I mean, prayer will take you, uh, places that very few things can do. Prayer will also fast track any calling or assignment that's on your life. Did you hear that? I'm going to let something out of the bag. I don't know if I should. I'm going to do it though. Um, It is possible that because you are on a fast track course with God, by the way, we are on 40 days of what we know as the 40 day prayer challenge, a tithe of prayer in the morning accomplished before the clock hits 7 a.m. You've already got a tithe of prayer in. And we're well into this by this point. So there is a possibility on a fast track course where God can do something where he even skips you ahead. It's like getting jumped from first grade, the fourth grade. After all, if the student can handle the fourth grade work 
and they can easily comprehend it and understand it. Why run them all the way through second and third grade if they can make the jump? Oh, mm. I know there are requirements of paying dues, but if you're in, if you're in fourth grade and the teacher clearly identifies that a student has genius IQ ability and is able to do math at a level that he really needs not a uh, elementary math teacher this guy or gal really needs a college professor skilled in physics to be teaching this this you know protege well then skip the person and move them up Praise the Lord. Well, not Pastor Stephen. We need to take them slow. Well, if they can make the jump, um, the higher authorities need to see to it, and they usually do, that some significant jump is made. I've, I've, I was watching a video a couple of years back of a, a, a biblical science teacher. Uh, his specialty was astrophysics. He graduated from college at the, I think, at the age of 13. He graduated a four-year college and then went on, of course. I think he had his Ph.D. very quickly after that, but just brilliant, brilliant brain. So here's the thing. You can be brilliant in the spirit. You can walk with the Lord, and the Lord just says, you know what? We're going to do a fast track here because the person is, uh, look, you could, you could run at, I won't even call it running. You can drag your feet at the 14 minute prayer level a day you can be saved you can go to heaven god loves you just the way you are and if you never change if you never if you never in a sense accomplish anything or do anything you're saved because you put your faith in christ you're going to go to heaven god loves you there's a reward waiting for you and you know you'll be with jesus and the and and the family of god forever this is not about works legalism or something like that but i'm talking about passion i'm talking about desire to know god when you realize who you have access to it's just like hey i i I think there's there's more here that we can tap into let's go for it and so if you feel like you know you've you've got more in the tank than my friends be be free to draw near to the lord god's not placing any kind of limits uh, it's not like god says now you pray for an hour and that's it you're not allowed to do any more than that you might lose your mind <laughs> you you'll renew your mind is what will happen so you it's up to you you know it's up to you what you do with your free time how you use it and things like that and you can you begin to get so dialed in to God's plan for your life that you're just running and while others are even out there still just trying to figure out what it is you're dialed in you're running and and you're you're in a place where you're going to leave a legacy that's exactly what's going to happen praise God and you can be fast-tracked I remember I was in taekwondo one time and there was a student that was uh it was really good super flexible and uh, the the teacher really really liked him. The, the, this was an old grandmaster, and I I was I, I really liked him a lot. He uh, just made a small group. He'd bring back into his private office. He he brought very very few people back into his private office, and uh, you know this was a man that went through the Korean War and uh, and saw the horrors of war, but also found out. Uh, 
very effective forms of warfare and fighting, what works in real hand-to-hand combat, what doesn't. And so he would, after class, sometimes show us a few things that uh, you, you know, it's not, this is not sport, martial art. This is what you would do in real life situations. A lot of fun. But I, I, I remember, though, there was one guy that came in. He was really, really good, very high potential. And he was also a Korean young man. So our old grandmaster being Korean, his heart really went out to this young man. And this young man was uh, spectacular in his, his, his forms and his technique and his ability. So much to our surprise after a belt test we all get our belts and we're all bumped up to the next level because we passed uh he comes out not just with another strike he comes out with a whole new belt and we're like hey what happened uh we all took the test and we're all supposed to be you know bumped up that next rank how did you how did you skip an entire belt and he said oh he said the the grandmaster skipped me and so, of course, me and some of the other guys were like, hey, what happened to uh, so-and-so? He says, I skipped him because he was qualified for it. And then we begin to think, oh, okay. So we could potentially come into that as well. And you, you can. If you are willing to do some things and walk with the Lord, run, even run with the Lord, and God will challenge you, absolutely. I remember in, in the book of Jeremiah, Jeremiah is really, in a sense, arguing with the Lord you know, Lord, I'm, I'm preaching to these people and they're, they're not really listening. And, you know, they're stubborn. And uh, the, the, these are my own people, the Jewish people. And, you, you know, they're, they're, Lord, they're not hearing what it is that you're telling me to prophesy to them. And then the Lord answers very surprisingly and tells Jeremiah, as one translation says, you know, if, you, if you've run with the men and you're stumbling, you can't keep up. How can you run with horses? he's basically saying jeremiah there's room for you also to come to a higher level Woo! that's why you don't want to measure yourself by what others are doing because they may be doing something that's so minimal so low that if you do that you'll you'll never you'll never develop properly praise god while you've got you've got the church in china the underground church in china waking up every morning praying from you know four to six and that's just normal. Hundreds and hundreds of thousands, I dare say millions doing that. And the church growing and exploding in growth and miracles and signs and wonders, normal. Of course, there's heavy persecution. You have the three self-patriotic church, which is the government sanctioned church. You have the underground church. Uh, of course, the underground church on fire, but also the Lord in, in many ways moving through the, even the sanctioned church. Uh, as some of the pastors try to push it when they're not being eyeballed too closely and God also uh, moving there. But the powerhouse, though, being the underground church that's persecuted and they have to meet in uh, private locations. My wife and I, we met a young girl. She was 16 years old. We met her in Jerusalem one time, 16 years old, pastoring a church, uh, I believe it was 7,000 members, 16 years old, pastoring of church of 7,000 members. And she told me and my wife, personally, this is not make-believe. She told us that in, in the uh, underground church of China, that unless your church has 50,000 members, you're not considered a serious pastor. <laughs> so she was very humble. Here she was, 16, pastoring what many would call in America a, me- a mega church. And she said, you're not even on the radar in, in uh, underground church in China unless you have at least 50,000 members. Praise God. Glory, glory. So, but, but you have to understand in that realm, 
in that realm they're running hours a day in prayer you you can't have powerhouse like that without putting in the effort praise the lord that that may seem really weird to some people maybe you've become so americanized i've been privileged by the lord my my wife and i we've traveled all over the world and so uh, we see what it takes for the moving of the spirit if you want the gifts to manifest we we know the price tag associated with that so the price tag for knowing god's plan for your life you're going to have to pray And that's something that nobody else can do for you. Now we can pray for you from the perspective. Do you have a prayer request? Uh, Is there something that we can join our faith with? And uh, so that God, God's blessing can be working in your life. But when it comes to these other elements of your life, walking out your destiny and uh, knowing that path and flourishing in that path, that really comes down just between you and the Lord and nobody else can carry that for you. If you're young in the Lord, a spiritual mentor can carry that for you. If you're a child, your parents can carry that for you. But there comes a time when you have, you have to put the work in. And if you're willing to do that, you really will see the rich results. Very quickly, let's go to Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 1. Mm, glory. God's no respecter of persons. If you draw near to Him, He, he will draw near to you. And my hope of trying to light your candle through this prayer challenge is that your candle get lit and you you just like hey this is too good to ever let it go out ever again and not only that you keep it lit you be a fire starter praise God hallelujah you be a spiritual inspiration to others in a world where there's not a lot of light praise God glory glory even in the church a lot of church activity yes a lot of power uh, not no not that much praise the lord hallelujah oh yes there are churches that are moving in the power of god the gifts the signs and wonders there's there are ministers that are walking in that but on a large scale in the western church it's basically built today on a on an entertainment format And so there's a lot of soulish activity, but it doesn't mean the spirit's moving. Sometimes there's also a lot of shouting, even sweating, but there's not, there's not a lot of the moving of the spirit. That's all soulish. And other times there's a lot of cerebral sermons that are very intellectual, but it's not changing people. It's just, it's just um, stimulating their intellect where they say, oh, wasn't that a brilliant message? Didn't change anybody. It was just a brilliant message and so if you ever try to start substituting the anointing with other stuff you're always going to get unsatisfactory results and some people are are content with unsatisfactory results but that's that's not who I'm talking to I'm talking to you and obviously the reason you're tuned in is because you want the power of God in your life hallelujah you want to know for yourself that God is real and he will come and he will visit you he will reveal himself to you he will come and do mighty works in your life just call out to him stay hot on his path and on his trail you will see God manifest in your life in unmistakable undeniable ways and it begin become a flow even a lifestyle that's what God is doing praise God Ephesians chapter 1 very quickly this again is one of the prayers of the Apostle Paul Verse 15, therefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. So Paul prayed regularly for the church in Ephesus. Verse 17, 
that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the God of glory, excuse me, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. The eyes of your understanding. The word understanding there in the Greek is the word cardia. It's the same word that we get our English word cardiac, cardiac arrest, heart arrest, or what we'd call a heart attack. So it's, it's, the, it's the word heart. It means the inner man. See, you have an inner man, you have an outer man. Ooh, woohoo. That's why Paul uh, told Timothy, 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 8, bodily exercise is of little profit, but godliness is great gain, not only in this lifetime, but also for the world to come. Wow. Why? Bodily exercise outward man. By the way, I'm not saying let your outward man or your physical, uh, your flesh just go to pot. You know, I'm not saying that. I'm saying the inward man is far more important than the outward man. I'm not saying don't brush your teeth, don't use Listerine, don't comb your hair. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that the, the development of the inward man, the cardia, the inward man is much more important than the outward man. You have noticed at the gym, perhaps, that some people are very developed outwardly, and uh, they have developed their physique. I, I think that's great. But many of them do it at the expense of their spiritual man being completely undeveloped. I'm, we're, we're talking no prayer life, no knowledge of the Word of God, but, you know, a physical specimen. Well, that's nice. But godliness, my friends, wow, has a much greater weight of gain and a far greater glory. Okay, now one more time. Verse 18, the eyes of your understanding, the eyes of your cardia, the eyes of your heart, the heart, not your blood pumping heart, but the inner man, the eyes of your understanding of the inner man be flooded with light that you may know, not guess, not I sure wish I knew the plan of God for my life, Pastor Stephen. Sure would be nice. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm I'm just I'm trying to do something. No, that you may know what is the hope? What is the hope of his calling? His calling pertaining to his plan for your life. You can know it. God, you've got a calling. You've got a calling upon the corporate body. Uh, yes, upon nations, upon states, upon individuals. Lord, what is the hope of your calling for me? Wow. God's got a, a specific tailor-made, custom-designed plan for your life, and you can absolutely know it. And the light comes on on the inside. The Holy Spirit living on the inside of you, he lives in your inner man. Praise God. You are a spirit. You have a soul. Your soul encompasses your mind, your thought life, your feelings, your emotions, and all of this encompassed within your physical body. Hallelujah. So the light coming on on the inside, knowing on the inside, spiritual revelation, your mind clearly picks up because when the light's on on the inside, it even affects your, your thought life. You're like, oh, I know. Hallelujah. I know the focus. I know the focus. Oh, glory. I wonder how many wasted prayers we prayed because we're praying, we're praying for things that are out of season. It's kind of like praying for cucumbers to manifest in January. And you know, you look outside your window and it's, it's zero, the temp, it's below freezing and we're praying for the cucumbers to come up. Lord, let the harvest of cucumbers come up now. Hmm. I don't see nothing. Well, it's, it's not harvest. It's not even harvest time. 
And so we, we have to know the seasons of God, the movings of God, the sequence of the Spirit in your life. Stay focused on what God wants you to focus on now. now there's other things that are coming. He'll have you pray into that too. But it's, it's being able to move with the Spirit and know what to pray about know how to cover things in prayer, how, how to give this allotment to your prayer time to this and this to this. And all of that is worked out by the Spirit of God as you pray. Pastor Stephen, I, I wish I could figure it all out. Well, just start praying. Holy Spirit, help you figure all of it out. <laughs> but you'll never get it figured out if you don't pray. He'll just come in and he helps you. As you pray the Lord's Prayer, as you pray Colossians chapter 1, the prayer in there that, prod, that, that, that Paul prayed for the church in Colossae, you can pray it for yourself. You can pray this prayer in Ephesians 1 for yourself. And the Holy Spirit just leads you, just leads you. He says, let's pray on this. Let's pray on that. Praise God. And you get it all covered, and you just, just keep moving forward. Move forward smoothly, and you're living your life without strain, without agony, without the stress of the world, the world trying to figure out how they're going to make it, and the anxiety that comes with that, and you're, you're just, you're free from it. You're exempt from it. You go into your work. You flourish. You prosper. You're blessed. You walk in the commandments of God. You live your life. You go to be with the Lord forever in heaven. Praise God. It's getting better and better all the time. Praise God. Lift your hands. Father, I pray for your people that they know your plan for their life, that they be people of prayer, that they be people who walk with you, that they they be people who not measure spirituality, perhaps by what they think would have been examples of it, but they look, they look upon the global perspective of the body of Christ and how you, you call forth champions. And they say, ah, that is a hero of faith. Now I have something to replicate my faith after. So Father, we thank you. We thank you, Father God, for challenging us, encouraging us to press into the fullness of all that you have for us. We thank you, Father God. May our lives bring you glory. Thank you, Father God. Touch others through our lives for your glory every day. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. God's touching you right now with this happiness. Praise God. Let's take communion together. Please grab some unleavened bread and grape juice. Praise the Lord. And let's pray over it together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this, this bread and this juice. We consecrate it. We set it apart as holy. We ask that you would bless it. We thank you that this is now the flesh and the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. Father, we thank you for the body of Jesus as we receive it now. We thank you for the anointing of your spirit to pray. Thank you, Father God, we step into it. We thank you for your anointing. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for clarity concerning your direction for our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Let us now receive the body of Christ. Lord, we give you praise. Some of you are praying for things that are not God's will for your life. You've misinterpreted what he said. You caught a portion of the revelation and you ran with it in prayer, but it was, you tweaked it. Well, Pastor Stephen, why did I tweak it? Because we, we can all do that. We can all twist something the way our flesh wants it to be interpreted. Get the right interpretation of what God said. 
get that right interpretation. It will greatly help you with your prayers because now you're praying correctly. Woo! Woo! Take it what he said. Don't try to make it what you want it to be. Take it what he said according to how the Spirit brought that to you. And pray that outright until you know you've got it, and then stay on that and push it. And then you're going to see tremendous results in prayer. Father, thank you for the blood of Jesus that sets us free from every entanglement of the world system, that we can live for you. Hallelujah. That as we travel through this earth, as like the pilgrim's progress, we travel through this dark valley, even as David said, the valley of the shadow of death. But you are with us, and we will fear no evil. Hallelujah. For your, your rod, Woo! there's the comfort and the staff, the protection. Oh, God, we know that you're with us, and that your angels are with us. And Father, we thank you that we will live for you, with you forever in heaven. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Let's receive the blood of Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Perhaps you're watching this message and you've never made Jesus your Lord and Savior. Right now, if you would like to receive him as your Savior and have your sins forgiven, lift your hands and say, Jesus, come into my heart. Wash me of all my sins. I give my life to you and I receive you into my heart now as my Lord and Savior. I give my life to you. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Amen. Praise God. Now, according to where you live at, get on the internet and find a good church. Search for a good uh, church home that you can go to. Find the church that preaches the full counsel of the Word of God. And uh, just go looking around. The Holy Spirit will help you and get plugged in. And also keep watching. We'll continue to minister the Word of God to you. There's a lot of people that watch my ministry because sometimes they are looking for a church home and they have not yet found one. Okay. So you go find one and get plugged in. Praise God. And keep watching at the same time. We do have a lot of members, online church members who watch on a very consistent basis, but often with our online church members, they're very, very mature and developed in the Lord. Praise God. And they have unique uh, situations in their life that allows them to be fed completely through the internet. Praise God. Hallelujah. So for young Christians that you just, you're just getting your life set with the Lord, go find the church home and keep plugged in here so that you can get fed as you are also looking for a place to get connected with. Praise God. Father, bless your people today. We thank you that we are blessed in you. In Jesus name. Amen. Have a great day. God bless you. Bye-bye. For more information about the ministry of Apostle Stephen Brooks, visit our website at stephenbrooks.org.